LSAT Demon Daily. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan Fox. Today we have an email from D. Uh, it says, Hey, Nathan and Ben. I love the podcast and all the content y'all put out. Taking Nathan's in-person class back in the day and listening to the podcast raised my score from a 160 to 174. That being said, after considering your don't pay for law school rule, I've chosen to break it. Okay. Wow, this person took your class, your in-person class. That's a long time ago. Yeah, back in San Francisco, I actually remember D fairly well, like even hung out and had beers with him um, once or twice after classes and stuff. Uh, smart guy, worked really hard. Yeah, improved by 15 points. Wow. Uh, I'm disappointed to hear that he's going to pay for law school, but let's see his, let's uh, hear his case sure. for it. I've been working as a contract manager at a tech company for the past two years. I want to keep working in that sector, but as an attorney, all the lawyers I have talked to have stressed that I need a couple of years in big law before transitioning to an in-house position in order to get that first big law job. I need to either be near the top of my class or go to a school with enough national recognition. After talking with multiple hiring managers and the general counsel, I decided to take a partial scholarship at UVA as opposed to the full rides I got at schools like UC Davis. I was told by almost all the attorneys, spelled interestingly, I spoke to that big law and in-house tech work would be possible possible at lower-ranked schools but a degree from UVA would get me an interview at most big law firms. Given that I know the job I want and have talked to a lot of people, a lot of the people who do hiring for that job, I've decided that taking on some debt for law school is an acceptable risk. I wouldn't recommend this decision to others, but I think it makes sense for me. Okay, would you do what Dee's doing if you were in Dee's position and trying to do what Dee's trying to do? Um, I'm just worried that there's like this false dichotomy or just an awful big gap between UVA, which is, you know, I'm looking at the current rankings. It looks like UVA is ranked eighth and Davis is ranked 35th. Uh, that is a significant difference in the rankings. What are where are the other schools between eight and thirty? <laughs> yeah, like, are you telling me that you could? I mean, if you have, because it seems like D clearly has national geographic flexibility. Yep. You know, like, did you apply to George Washington University? Did you apply to Arizona State? Did you apply to Notre Dame, University of Minnesota, um, USC, Washington University in St. Louis? That's ranked 16th in the country, and they give out a crazy amount of full-ride scholarships. I mean, I understand why D would not have applied to all of those schools. But if it's like, well, the best full ride I got was from UC Davis and I'm comparing that to a, and I also am very suspicious about this partial scholarship from UVA. Mm-hmm. Like how much? Yeah. I, I'm kind of guessing negligible. 
Well, you also have to, to you know? weigh the weight of a national school against where you want to end up practicing big law. I, I would imagine that big law firms, yes, they are hiring from nationally recognized schools, but they're also hiring from schools locally that maybe wouldn't fetch a job in another city, but they do fetch a job there. And so like UVA, maybe you need that national recognition because you're going to the middle of Virginia <laughs> and you wouldn't need that high of a ranking if you want to end up practicing in California. Right. I'm imagining that D wants to end up practicing in California. I mean, he took my class in San Francisco. He works for a tech company, presumably in the city or yeah. maybe Silicon Valley. I mean, but even like a school like Santa Clara, you know, you'd be going down even farther into the rankings if you went to Santa Clara law. Yeah. But I think D would excel at Santa Clara law and they have programs there that are specifically related to people who want to work in tech and everybody in the whole Silicon Valley knows that Santa Clara University is a thing and you could go there for free and yeah, you'd have to probably excel there to be able to get any kind of a big law interview, but your risk would be very minimal. Now, I'm not arguing with the fact that UVA probably is going to give you a big law job. I mean, I, I have the sense that pretty much everybody who goes to UVA gets a big law job that wants a big law job. Um, so it's a little bit of a sure thing there. But it's also a sure debt anchor, you know, that you're exchanging. Um, well, and the choice isn't UVA and Santa Clara or UVA and UC Davis, right? It's UVA and some other highly ranked schools. I, I guess I don't understand. Yeah, like Washington University in St. Louis or USC. Or Berkeley. Or even UCLA or, yeah, I mean, I don't know all the schools to which D applied and... Maybe there really was a huge gap there where it was like full rides to schools that are ranked around where UC Davis is ranked and nothing in between there and UVA. But I have a hard time buying that because, you know, if you negotiated with a school like USC, um, USC sends plenty of people to big law. USC also gives lots of full ride scholarships. And so I, I just wonder whether D applied to that school or... Uh, applied broadly you know, also enough, basically right there's this elephant in the room that d's not considering which is this is the most competitive law school admission cycle ever and so like yeah those were your offers this cycle even if you did apply you know like what if d applied to 40 schools and these really are d's best offers mm, there's always next cycle nobody's forcing you to go right now um, I don't know. Just want to be devil's advocate. I mean, there are some people, right? There are certain types of folks who they have very specific goals about what they want to do. And they feel like it's going to be a lot more certain that they'll be able to pull that off if they go to the best law school they can possibly get into. D has gone around and done a lot of due diligence. It sounds like talking to in-house counsel and folks. And I don't know. I mean, D might know more about that world than we do. So I'm not like endorsing that plan. And I definitely don't think that most people should do that, but it's also not like 
oh, this is obviously a fail. I agree. I wish we just had more information, right? That's my concern. It's like maybe you did your due diligence in this regard, but you didn't apply broadly enough. And if you had more options, then you'd be coming to a different conclusion. Maybe this is the conclusion you can come to and should come to given your options. But were there enough options? There are lots of schools in between, you know, lots of well-respected schools that when you show them UVA, you know, I'm thinking about University of Texas. I'm thinking about Vanderbilt. I'm thinking about Georgetown, UCLA, Cornell. Uh, there's, there's just lots of schools that they know that they're not UVA. And they know that you're good enough to get into UVA and they might give you a scholarship. And, you know, what about Boston University? That's like really close to the Route 128 tech corridor. And it's a fine law school ranked 20th in the country. I'd be, I'd be really surprised if a UVA, you know, somebody who's going to go get anything from UVA seems like they should be able to work a full ride from Boston University. And uh, it would be easier there for sure to compete. And, you know, you probably have to finish in the top half of your class at BU to get that big law job. But I mean, if you're not going to finish in the top half of your class at BU, then you're, you're probably just kind of like struggling in the field anyway. And uh, if you were going there for free, then you could just say, all right, maybe this isn't the right fit for me, actually. <laughs> the risk of UVA is like, man, you better really, you, you're going all in, like for your whole life. That's the problem. What if you get married? What if you have kids? What if you change your mind? What if you want to travel? What if you, you know... Somebody in, the, somebody in your family gets sick or I don't know. God, there's just so many ways that that can turn out to be a disaster because you're going to walk out of there with $300,000 of debt. Yeah. Or you go into law school and you're like, oh, damn, I actually kind of like this public defender shit, which is not. Uh, so many people change their minds. I mean, I would hope that UVA would have a good like LRAP program and you know, robust support for people who do decide that they want to go into public interest. Um, but it's always going to be uncertain. You're going to be like making these payments for 10 years while you're the balance of your loan continues to go up <laughs> while you're waiting for 10 years for the federal government to forgive these loans. Um, yeah, but good luck D. I mean, I know that you've been working hard and I know you've thought about it a lot. I'm just, uh, I'm still, it's a cringe-worthy amount of debt. I mean, it really is a scary amount of amount of money. Yeah, thanks for writing in, D. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Check in after a year at UVA. There's always next cycle. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to email the show, email daily at lsatdemon.com. Thanks for listening.